Family style, two tops, boots. What do you call it? I can stand out here. I can make a difference here. Did you take my knife, Chef? Did you take my pot, Jeff? What might you bring to the beef as a new employee? I got heart. You're going to need brain. Ah! I got stabbed. So oh, no, I know what this is. That was from The Bear. On this episode of Why Watch That. Why Watch That's on a quest to help you find the movies and TV shows you'll love. Buckle in. After deciding to reinvent the beef sandwich shop into the Bear Fine Dining Restaurant at the end of Season 1, things are in full swing at the beginning of Season 2. Or are they? So as you can see, head chef and owner Carmen Carmi Berzato, played by Jeremy Ellen White, has a lot to wrestle, from structural issues with the building to the demands of a volatile crew. And above all else, turning a sandwich joint into something that the Michelin inspection team would give a star means this. We need more money. We need a project manager. So Carmi, along with his former sous chef, now current business partner, Sidney, played by Ayo Adebari, and his sister, Natalie Sugar Berzato, played by Abby Elliott, go to Uncle Jimmy, played by Oliver Platt, for help. And it's quite the ask, on top of what he's already given them. After all, at some point, some point soon, he'll need a return on his investment. But they have a proposition. They're wanting to start fresh and clean. This is going to be a destination spot. We drafted a quick term sheet. We need more money. Will you turn that thing off, please? How's that not making you insane? I don't mind it. But what they might mind is that a need for an investment return really couldn't come at a worse time. In Chicago, as is the case in many major cities around the world, Numerous restaurants, even those with Michelin stars, have shuttered or will do so in the near future. That's the state of the restaurant business in the 2020s. So they need to open fast and... It's a facelift, it's not a gut. It is a facelift and a gut. And an opportunity for Carmi's team to step things up and take on new roles. For Marcus, played by Lionel Boyce, he'll need to create desserts that provide the perfect end to a meal, a secret weapon in the fight to stay alive, given the new food environment. So Carmi and Sydney decide to send him to Copenhagen to train at Noma, a restaurant where Carmi cut his teeth that hasn't been immune to the changing food landscape itself. But Marcus has his mom to think about. Can he leave her given her current condition? And he can be quite awkward, especially when Sydney's around and he can't find the right words to say. Looking forward. You're looking forward. Marmy pushed us. Go Carmi. My bad. See? Now, when it comes to Tina, played by Liza Colon-Zayas, she and Ibrahim, played by Edwin Lee Gibson, are sent to an intimidating place to refine their skills. So it's daunting for both of them, but they have each other. We're gonna be sending you to a culinary school. A hell of a lot of siblings in here. Don't look them in the eyes. You got this, baby. Yes, chef. And Sydney's got Tina. You see, Sydney has something in mind for Tina that Tina doesn't see coming. But what do they have in mind for Richie, played by Eben Moss Backrack? After all, he's Carmi's friend, whom he calls cousin, because they're like family. And from the start, his whole existence has been centered around fighting for some respect. He's also fighting to be of use at the bear. But will anyone take him seriously? We're going to be partners, cousin. You gotta trust me. And speaking of trust, there's Richie's and Carmi's friend Neil Fack, played by Maddie Matheson, who's finally gotten what he's always wanted. He's now a real member of the team, not just the handyman they love to dismiss. But while Carmi treats him with respect, Richie does not. Oh, don't freak out and go calling for mom. Mom, 
I'm gonna call her. Call her mom. She can't hear you. That's my love. I'm the supervisor. Supervisor what? Well, the person with the answers, the one who's in the middle of them and every other problem at this burgeoning restaurant, is Sugar. To keep things afloat, she's taken on more responsibility. It's an obligation to her and Carmi's late brother, Michael, played by John Bernthal, and she does want Carmi to succeed, but she has worries of her own as she worries about the shop. It's gonna take six months to open. To six months? That's being what, confident? Cocky, crazy. And honest if they want to succeed. On that count, another person who needs to worry is Sydney. While she trusts Carmi, after all, he did bring her in to shake things up. Exactly what is their partnership? It gets tricky when nothing's in writing. Plus, since she's the one who wants a Michelin star, unlike Carmi, she's never been the chef of a restaurant with that distinction. She puts extra pressure on herself. Now, her father, played by Robert Townsend, doesn't quite see the point when she could get a more stable job anytime she wants. But all she can think of is making exceptional food and hiring the right kind of staff. Neither will prove easy. Still thinking chaos menu? Yeah, chaos menu, but um, thoughtful. Oh, gross. We need like a reset. Ideally, we need five days on. Yeah, I just can't do Fridays or Saturdays. When can I talk to the chef? You are. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So Sydney has that to contend with as Carmi rediscovers a blast from his past. Just as he's starting to find a groove, a certain someone named Claire, who's played by Molly Gordon, pops up out of the blue, proving that, yet again, nothing's ever simple for Carmi, especially when his reputation's on the line. So how's your life been, Brizado? Opening a restaurant. Gotta go hard every day. Gotta control the zone. I still, I, I love the name. You don't remember the name. Of course I remember the name. We didn't even tell anybody you the name. You 100% told me the name. How could you remember the name? So that seems promising. But over the course of this season, everyone will need to grow if they want to survive. And this is more than just a professional journey. It's highly personal. They'll have to confront their pasts to take on their futures. As Carmi says, You're going to have to care about everything. More than anything. All right, guys. Welcome to the episode. And yes, there are three people here. I know it's usually just the critic, the producer. But today we have the guest. We are joined by Michelle Monique. Hi, how are you guys doing? <laughs> Welcome to this craziness, Michelle. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm so, us. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to review the bear, right? The we bear. saw that. Say, yes, we're yes, we are joining, joined to talk about the bear. And before we get going, guys, always I like to remind you, like, share, subscribe, comment um on this episode so that we uh you know continue to create valuable stuff for you. So the bear. Guys, no, this is something that I probably already watched. I guess we should take a poll. Do you think that the producer actually watched the bear? Only because <laughs> there's food in it. Listen, who doesn't love a good show about good food? Yes, <laughs> and, and food is so well, even though, like, I feel like Netflix was the platform that really did food, like, at least made food look really good. Um, but now everybody kind of makes food look good. So I'm giving Hulu that stamp too. Like, the food looks great. But yeah, yeah, I watch it if you guys can't tell. Mm. <laughs> wow. See, the Food Network is upset. Bravo's upset with you and others after all of that. How dare you? How dare you say that? Now, where can people find the bear producer? Where is oh, it? It's, it's on Hulu. And it's mm -hmm. two seasons. This is actually with reviewing season two of this show. Yeah. And it's I think it was eight episodes in season one. Now it's 10. 
10 for season yeah. two, but quick, you know, half hour episode. 30 minutes, yeah. All right, so we went through that plot summary. I'm going to be quiet though. Michelle, what did you think about <laughs> season two? Let me ask you this. Compared to season one, mm-hmm. how did you like season two? So season one, obviously, is definitely um, getting to know the characters. But I like season two because we definitely learn more in depth of their stories. And we get to see the characters transform a lot from season one to season two. Some more than others. Um, Not sending any spoilers. uh, But (laughs) the ones that needed to transform and grow the most, I definitely think grew in this season. And that's what I really loved the most about it. And definitely finding out everyone's backstory as to why Richie is called cousin, why for real, for real, and what's going on with the family dynamic between Carmi and Natalie. And, you know, and like you said in the the trailer or, you know, the spoiler event that, um, you know, he, Claire comes back, like, who is Claire? Like, why is she suddenly here in this, what, they were like in a convenience store randomly and she just pops out the blue and all of a sudden they're like, what's going on? So I definitely like season two for sure. Um, it was very transformative from season one. Yeah. You know, they were trying to deepen all of these characters, backstories, um, the question is a question of balance. Mm-hmm. So, producer, I know you know you like the cooking. Was there enough cooking? No, there was uh, not. Enough. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that. Like that's the one thing I did miss. I will say when it showed up, it was like, ooh, I was excited about it. But I would have liked to see so much more. I mean, they're opening up a restaurant. Like even the process, and we talked a lot about the purveying. Like, oh, we have these certain suppliers, but we didn't get to see. Like, I think there was opportunities to see these things as well. So, I think we needed more food. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was my. The one thing watching it, because I like the bear. I'm going to say it again. I like the bear. <laughs> I enjoyed season one. I enjoyed season two as well. I don't love the bear, though. And I could. And it's a question of balance. Um, it's bingeable. It's nice to watch. I wanted them to sharpen those knives again. Remember when season one started? At, this is what hooked people. Because you're like, what in the world is going on? (laughs) Bust into this shop, you know, his brother's old shop. They're all looking at him like, who are you? He's calling everybody chef. Which threw them off guard. They were like, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And it's, it's like a mile a minute. It's a roller coaster. Not that this season isn't as well. It just needed to be more of that. Like when they started season two, where we have old boy and his mother in the hospital. Okay, you take a breath. That's a nice way to introduce it. Then throw us in to the fire. I just wanted more of that toggling from them. Or Mm. this was a cozier season. I'm fine with that. But we need an astringent underneath it on a consistent basis. Back to old boy Marcus in Copenhagen. Look at that episode. If they want to evolve into that, that's a great example. Where we have the precision of the food and the no-nonsense approach of the chef played by Will Poulter there. And then you have the other encounters, like you get meet some guy on the street. We won't give away what that is like. Mm-hmm. The balance was right. And they drew me in there. I even thought it was something dangerous, just a, a hint of danger to it that I think this show needs. The stakes were up, even though it seemed kind of chill. There was something deeper going on. And that was uh, that episode was directed by Rami Youssef, 
of Rami. Yes. I was like, I was, I looked and said, who directed this? So I don't know if you two agree with that, but a part of this season to me, I, like you were saying, uh, producer, wait a minute. Where's all the cooking? Because we need to balance that. With yeah. That. Michelle, yeah. I mean, what are your thoughts so far on that much? Yeah, there definitely was more cooking in season one than it was in this season. But I think the reason why they may have, uh, was it Christopher Storr, the, the director? I think they may have um, held back on the cooking this season because they wanted to definitely dive into Carmi changing the restaurant into what he wanted it to be. And in the bits and pieces of cooking that we did have, when I don't want to spoil it, but there were, you know, some an episode where they were cooking um, and they realized, listen, we actually don't know how to turn this into what this restaurant into what we're trying to do. So let's go out and the Chicago scene and figure this out. And um, I think that's where we get our food from, too, that that episode. Um, no spoilers again. Uh, but definitely that episode in, in Copenhagen, we definitely get the food spoilers as well. Um, and then obviously towards the end. But there wasn't enough cooking. I do agree. But I think it's because this season was meant to set up for next season. I don't know if they've gotten uh, renewed yet for season three, but um, I think this season was to set up for next season when everything's all said and done. Yeah, and the way it ends, like you're saying, makes that clear. Um, and you're exactly right. However, <laughs> there is a way still to do that. It's not just cooking, it's in the kitchen. Yeah. You see, that's we that energy you need. And you can splice it. They did it. They did, did it in certain did. episodes. Yeah. 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 And, and even like this, yeah, the stodging. Yeah. Sorry. Like that, I think that that having the the characters like showing their stodging stories, I think that was really, that was where they added food in. And I think more of that, that, that could have been interesting too, like having more of that. Cause that, those were probably some of my favorite episodes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, I have to, I have a confession. There is one glaring issue I have with this show. One. Oh, no. Not not the balance, necessarily. I'm, it's oh. fine. You know, again, I like this show a lot. My one issue is one character, Sydney. I never buy Sydney, never have, not from the beginning. <laughs> to me, when I watch Sydney, the character, I, it, there are a lot of childish characters in this show. I mean, we have. Yeah. Childish. <laughs> she's not childish childish she reminds me of a child in a, in the wrong place mm. yeah mm. and here's how I would say it imagine other actors in the role imagine for instance if we had Letitia Wright in the role what would it be like if we had a young Zoe Saldana if we had Lupita Nyong'o if we had a young Felicia Rashad what would the character be like so I'm always, that's the one hole in the show. Not that I think that IO is bad. I just think it doesn't, I don't buy it. I think it's trying to have a fire in your belly instead of just having it. Look at the chef. You were hinting at it, Michelle, when she goes out and eats all of this food in Chicago. And they're real people in the Chicago food scene in the show. And the one chef, when the chef's looking at her going, okay, do you have this partnership in writing? Oh, I've been there. That chef is who she should be. Mm, mm -hmm. Okay. Because Io is not that young. Io is not 21. She's in her late 20s. Now, watching the show, would you get that? No. 
No. So I just think it's that right there, because it's a lot of Sydney. It's a bit lightweight. And this is where if we do that splicing, it would help. Now, I know people are going to be very upset by what I just said, but I'm honest. Okay. But maybe the casting of Aya was intentional for Sydney to be that way because she is a young chef, uh, you know, in the show. Um, so maybe she's someone that's really meek. And, you know, honestly, she knows what she's doing, but she doesn't know what she's doing or what she's really getting into. She just has these big dreams and aspirations of what she wants to do and what she can do. So maybe that was it was purposeful to have her casted as the role of Sydney. So we shouldn't trust what she can do. We can trust her, but not trust her thought process behind it. Obviously, she's a good chef, but obviously she's... Do, but do you buy that? I don't. I don't buy because <laughs> chef is a leader. A chef is you go into a kitchen and people are going to follow you. It's not you can cook. Yeah, yes, okay, she true. can cook. That's not... She wants to be the head cheese. He is giving her the keys to the kingdom, as they said in the apostle. So <laughs> if you're giving her the keys to the kingdom... That's different. You know, that's my point with that. And again, it's not age. It's how you come across. Mm -hmm. Get Letitia Wright. Letitia Wright's like a couple of years older. Get Letitia Wright and see what happens. No one would ever go. Nobody's following her. And she would still have everything you said. So you're exactly right. Of course, they want somebody young. But it's got to be somebody young who is believable. Like, you pop up at this shop. And say, hey, hire me. Okay, I work for free. That's where we start. (laughs) I will work for free. Then Mm -hmm. she's got to prove herself later on to get to to where she is. She's sitting there in front of uh, Oliver Platt with the two siblings asking for money. (laughs) Not that I want to dump on Sydney or Io. (laughs) I'm just saying, in this kind of show where you have these kinds of stakes... When you have something like that, it just holds it down a bit. A bit. Yeah, I think her character is just a little too... I agree in some of the things that you're saying. I just think she's, like, really meek. Like, as you said, she's been... He's giving her this shot to run the kitchen and be the head of the house. And her voice is still a little timid. Because even in season two, you kind of see towards the end, she's still a little overshadowed and overpowered. Um, But I think it's because it just goes back to the fact that she's just meant to be young or portrayed young and not really knowing how to navigate in this kind of world of being a head chef. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I don't disagree with her being young. That's a fact. (laughs) But there's some young people who don't feel young. Yeah. And then you go, okay, you're like a prodigy because that's where they're going. But it's an interesting idea. We'll see what they do with the character if she ever grows into that. But now we're two seasons in. That should have happened. Mm-hmm. If you do that at the end of season two with that final episode, which I, they were humming in the final episode. That's this show to me. If you get there, that's when she needs to say, okay, this is what we're going to do. Then you give that flip where we go, oh, okay, she is going to be the one. And then you let it grow that way. So if they're waiting to do that, I think they've waited too long. Mm. Um, another thing I was thinking about is the guest stars in the season wow gotta love it the budget (laughs) i don't know how you could afford all of them they must have just done it i mean can we say can we say yeah when i first Uh, realized can we say it 
if you want to give away a few, go ahead. I'll give away one that yeah, surprised me. Well, there were two that surprised me, but when I when we really when out I of the hundred, yeah, just yes. two. <laughs> when I saw Jamie Lee Curtis, I was like, that's definitely a budget. That is that yes. I know she didn't do that for a small amount of money. She's, so I'm like, they got a big budget this season to get Jamie Lee. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe, maybe she took less pay because the show is, you know, this is the kind of show that actors are going to be like, I would be in that. If you have something you want me to do, let's do it. You know, you can pay me scale or closer to scale and it mm-hmm. would be cool. So yeah, like seeing her and others, I mean, people just pop up and go away. You're like, wait, you, so, <laughs> and this is specifically in episode six with the, Feast of the Seven Fishes at Christmas Eve with the Brazato family. We get to see all of them. This is what I was talking about before. Where is the kitchen? Imagine if we are telling that story, which is compelling. If you're telling that story with Carmi having to lead a team. So you see him in the kitchen leading the team, flashback to the family, back and forth, back and forth. Then you're really like, whoa. To me, I was wondering what was going to happen in this episode the whole time. They succeeded that way. But some of it, I kind of started drifting away until they got me back. Mm-hmm. It was a bit repetitive. Yeah. So yeah. I just would have cut that thing up. And again, you got to ground this show in the bear. That's the name of it. I don't know. What did you think about that, Michelle? And then, of course, producer Brandy, what, did, what were your thoughts? On episode um, six. I actually love that episode. I think that episode was definitely putting in the, I, and I like the positioning of it. I like that that was not episode one, but halfway through the season, because that episode definitely showed why Natalie feels the way she feels um, with this season, because she has a situation going on this season, why she feels the way she feels, um, and why Carmi is the way he has. Like the whole. Season one, I thought that he was having like panic attacks from his life in New York as a chef. But then you kind of see where he's coming from, bars his backstory. And then it's like, okay, you actually have trauma from childhood that is also still caring with you today. And so that episode was like awesome. And I think that's why it was uh, episode six. And I love that they made that one episode in particular. I think that one was about an hour long. I think yeah, that was the longest longer. episode mm-hmm. this season. And um, I think they did it purposefully so that we can see how how this group of people outside of uh, the bear, outside of um, Tina and Sydney, like specifically Carmi, Natalie, Richie, Mikey, how they all, and even Fact, how he's all, how they all came, come together. So I really loved that episode. I love the guest appearances. Um, I don't want to give any spoilers, like you said, but that episode did its job. It really did its job to kind of set the tone as to who these people really are. Like they're before we jumped, like if this episode, if that episode was put in season one, we wouldn't have got it. You know what I mean? Um, So putting it in season two was perfect because now we can understand where they came from and where they're going. Producer, yeah, jump in on that. Yeah, no, that. I will say to me, I felt the episode felt long. Like even though it was the longest episode of the season, it felt long to me. Um, but I did like it. I like the fact that, like, like you say, we got a lot more understanding of like where these characters came from, and that for me was really um, that was really interesting. I thought that was cool. It just it just helps to add more texture to like 
what you know when they when we flash forward back to the restaurant like it's a you have a different appreciation or understanding of the characters from that particular episode which i thought was kind of cool yeah again you can do all of that and still keep what makes the show what it is at its best you can tell do we need 45 minutes of that family no <laughs> that was not 45 minutes worth of a story. It wasn't. They were, they were intense. Yeah. No. <laughs> you, can, you can take 15 of those minutes and put it in the kitchen. And I'm telling you, then we go, oh, because then you're like, oh, I know what he's thinking. Now I know why he panics. Show him doing it. Flashing back. But they kind of yeah. do do mm -hmm. that, though, because we are, no we are, yeah, we are in a kitchen. I don't mean home we're kitchen not, with, we're not. with mom being crazy. I'm talking about professional with a team because that, again, it's a chef. It's not mm -hmm. we just cooking and having, you know, spaghetti sauce or whatever all over the, the everything, which was bothering me. See, that's another thing. Even there, he's a chef. And his brother has the sandwich shop. How are they going to allow all kinds of juices to be over that kitchen? Like that didn't make any sense. Any but chef would be like, "Oh my gosh, get the towels." Get but the you towels. see, but you see the panic between the the mom, the seven million alarms that she set that keeps going off. You're trying to figure <laughs> out what is what alarm is this for, and we don't know what's going to. It's so chaotic, and I think the chaos is the reason why Carmi is the way he is, and why being in New York made him so structured. But even so structured, he's still like a manic structure because he has his people. Clean. Yeah, yeah. See, that's but, what I'm, yeah. Ima so imagine it this way. His and this adds to the tension. His mom is doing all this. You know, when that goes off, pull this out, pull that out, and he's cleaning. Then she's like, "Would you stop cleaning?" <laughs> See that—that that is what this is. How it works. This is their show. They set it up from the beginning. I did not. So I'm just taking your DNA. What I like the best about it is saying you can do all of these ideas and keep it. Keep that DNA. Then, then it's like he's cleaning in the, the professional kitchen. <laughs> That's how you do it. Not that this is bad. Again, I like the bear a lot. But you I just see, don't uh, love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I see a great show. I don't think it's great. A lot of people do. I think it's very good. And I just look at that and go, ooh, if we could like just tighten that a bit. So I and I like what you said also, Michelle, about the positioning of the episode, because really what they're requiring is a binge. Mm -hmm. But you don't have to. You can make it bingeable and have the episode stand alone. Put it this way. If you were to take episode six and just have it represent the show, it wouldn't do it. Yeah, absolutely not. Right. The final episode would. Even the one with uh, old boy again. I keep forgetting his name. Who goes Richie? to Copenhagen. Oh, uh, Marcus. Not, not, yeah. Richie's episode. Thank you for saying that. Let's get to that. When he's sent away, that is the bear. <laughs> and we have another cameo. You're like, okay, y'all just, let's go through the list of the Academy Award winners and put them in the show. So again, like that. And then you get the, the surprise at the end. We learn about Richie and he's in a professional kitchen. Michelle, what do you <laughs> think about Richie's episode? Go ahead. Oh, I actually loved Richie's episode. I think it was so needed because that episode was the true heart of getting Richie to grow up. Because we see Richie all of season one and even the beginning of season two, just so apprehensive to change. Like this man, like I actually 
found a new love for his character this season because of his growth. Because this is, you're taking someone who does not want change whatsoever. He wants respect so badly, but doesn't know how to respect others. And in that episode, he learns what respect really means, not only to himself, but to others. And he had to learn how to respect himself in that episode. And because he started respecting himself, he started changing and growing and acting so different towards the end of the season. So that episode was very instrumental to his character for me. Love it. And you know what? You learned all of that when he was in a professional kitchen. (laughs) See, they do it. That's what I'm like, this is it. It's just in this. And actually, honestly, I think this season was a little more consistent than season one, but that was a problem in certain ways because of what we're saying. What did you think about Richie's story, producer? Jump in yeah. here. I know you I, I Yeah, I agree with Michelle. It was probably one of my favorite episodes. Of, yeah, just agree with Michelle. You'll be safe. Don't agree yeah. with me. <laughs> knives, pun intended, are out of the <laughs> Yeah, no, it was. Like, I, again, I love, and I loved him in the, rest, in, in the restaurant. Like you say, the role, to see his evolution and to see him finally find his like his his place and like and own it like it was cool and, and even through that episode you see him like even doubting like because you still see like the the little bit of the struggle of you know am I really supposed to be here and then accepting mm-hmm. that like oh yes this is this is it and own it so yeah I loved it I love yes. it too and then you use that and he's wearing suits yeah where's yes. he wearing <laughs> not at the home kitchen <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. We get all you get actually you get more with less. See yes. that I, maybe that's my point. We get more with less. They don't need all of that. They didn't need all of it. Those family moments back in episode six, I'm telling you, you get like four of them and it would have more impact. How many times are we gonna see the same thing? Right. And then in the end, when someone shows up, the final episode, you really go, <gasps> What's going to happen? Now, any final thoughts on this? Because I I think I'm done. I think my point, Michelle, help me please, (laughs) is that I just miss some of the shifts in the cooking. That's all I have to say. I prefer that as the anchor of the show. I'd rather that anchor than the backstory's anchor. Mm. What's going on here? What are your final thoughts, though? Um, I definitely get what you're saying. Uh, I guess in a sense, I can agree. I did miss the cooking, but I definitely, like I said earlier, I think that this season was, wasn't meant for that. I think it was meant to set the stage for, if we get a season three, finally Carmi doing what he set out to do when he came back to Chicago. Um, and I think that's where we'll probably get most of our cooking. But like I said, we, we do get some cooking. Um, in a kitchen. We get that with Tina's character. Uh, we do get it a little bit with Sydney um, and definitely in the final episode. But I, I like this season because it definitely was character building more than season one. And mm-hmm. it shows the evolution of each character and yeah. some not so much, as I mentioned in the beginning. <laughs> I already told you who didn't grow. I already said it. Um, now, but let me ask you this, Michelle. Was it necessary to sacrifice some of the cooking in order to build the backstories? Did they need all of that time? Uh, I don't think they needed all of that time. I think they needed maybe 75% of that time to to build up the backstories and then the rest be the cooking. Because um, there were some things that I, like I wanted so badly to believe that in this season when they introduced the character Claire, that something 
plot twist character was she's gonna throw a loophole and I have to realize like the bear is not meant to be that kind of like show where it's like a, a whole knife twisting type of thing. Um, I think her character could have been left out, but I think now looking back on it, her character was definitely important to show whether Carmi grows or not this season. In my opinion, I don't think he grows at all. Um, and that's one of the characters I was mentioning. Some people don't evolve and I don't think he evolved that much. Um, but I think that's why the season was meant to be the way that it was with less cooking too, to show that he, the main character, everyone else is evolving around him, but him. Yeah. And, but what you said is exactly right. They could take a quarter of the backstory out and put it in the cooking. Then you have it. I'm not saying don't have the backstories. I think that's very important. Again, it's a balance. And the thing about with Claire, that's where we get, as you said, at the end of the season where you get that question mark, has he grown or not? Mm -hmm. So they were trying to, or they did, build up to that moment. But like you said, if you have just 75% <laughs> of that, then you feel it. Then you get the punch in your gut. Let me stop talking. Thank you, Michelle, for that. That's exactly right. I love how you approach this so with such warmth. Well, I have a quick question. Well, I have a quick question for you. Do you yeah. think it was better to add two more episodes this season or should they have kept it at eight? Uh, based on what we're saying, they could have kept it at eight. Because mm -hmm. I, like, I like for creators to be hemmed in. I think when you give people too much space, this is what happens. And this is why a lot of the great British shows can be better than some of what we get here because they don't have huge episode orders. If you say, okay, you only got an eight episode story. Why am I giving you 10? Now, a lot of that comes to the platforms. They, Hulu went, this is a hit. We need two more episodes. That's what happened. I don't know if the creators went to them and said, we need two more episodes. But look at a show like Succession, which is run by Brits. How many episodes did they get? They get the amount of episodes that fits the story they have to tell. But this isn't an issue for the bear. This is an issue for Hollywood. The way they handle TV, the whole process of how a TV show is ordered and so on. They tell them the number of episodes before they even have a story. And that's why if you watch a lot of shows, you go, why is it sagging? Because they got too many episodes to fill. They ain't got a story. Yeah. <laughs> they had to fill up episodes with one, one or two episodes being like completely pointless. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but I, I agree. I think they could have put this season into eight. And I think it would have definitely been more of a cliffhanger in the end. But because it was 10, the cliffhanger kind of dragged as we got to the final, the finale episode. So I agree. Yeah. You know what? You are just you're speaking the truth. You're singing sweet <laughs> music to these people. And, you know, again, these are this is being very nitpicky, to be honest. The bear is very successful. I didn't mind watching them let this play out. I didn't mind watching the family for like almost an hour in episode six. I didn't mind it at all. It's just when you like something and you go, oh, I know how I would do it. That's that's where I am based on what they set up. Again, this is not just me. It's based on season one and the season two. Producer, I'm done talking, but you give us your final thoughts, please. Oh yeah, I mean, listen, this show is is good. Like I watched it. Like you know, you, you guys who watch why well, watch that, you guys know what that means. <laughs> I watched it when it came out, <laughs> not like you know. 
So you put SVU on pause. You put burn notice on pause. My goodness. To actually watch this. I did. I did. Are you looking forward to season three? I am actually looking forward to season three. I'm a little concerned about the timing because of the writer's strike. I'm like, when are we going to get it? If we're going to get it. So that honestly, that's kind of how I felt when I was done. I was like, "Mm, when are we going to get season three? But yeah. Well, remember this, this released almost a year to the date. Yeah. Season one. Yeah. Mm Because season one was June 23rd, 2022. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So we might be okay. Michelle, I know you're looking forward to season three, but I do like how you (laughs) talked about season two's role in transitioning from season one to season three. I hope that that's what they meant. But go ahead, just confirm that you're looking forward to season three. And do you think that season three will be even better? I am looking forward to season three. Yes. Um, Do I think season three will be even better? I mean, one would hope. But that's the thing about, you know, some shows sometimes is that season one is good and season two is like amazing. And then you start wondering, like, are they going to keep the momentum? So I'm hoping they keep the momentum. Um, If they don't, it'll be definitely a shocker for me because I think The Bear initially was a show I didn't even expect to be like this. I only stumbled upon it because of the cooking. Like, I'm a Food Networkaholic person. So I just watched it because I'm like, oh, it's food. And then it becomes this whole other drama series. So I'm like, oh, this is great. So I hope they keep the momentum and don't drop it. Yeah, they probably will because season two can be the one where you trip. And I don't think they tripped at all. I'm definitely looking forward to season three, even though I am a critic. So on that (laughs) note, everybody, thanks so much, Michelle, for joining us. We love your perspective. I'm glad that you came here to save me for myself. (laughs) thanks for having me and I'm glad I did (laughs) thanks for joining us for up to date info and to share what's on your watch list be sure to follow us on Facebook Instagram, YouTube and TikTok at Why Watch That and on Twitter at WWT Radio also you can visit us at whywatchthat.com and while you're at it don't forget to go ahead and rate Why Watch That Radio on iTunes Let's keep the conversation going.